Welcome to Myths. I'm Matt Hoss. And I'm Dan Rhodes. Whether you know about Theseus or you're revising your syllabus. If you want tales with a bit of jest or you just want to hear about incest. What? What? It's really interesting. Welcome to Myths. Welcome to Myths. Hey dogs, welcome to episode 32 of Myths. 32 is, oh shit, that's halfway to 64. Wow. What? Yes, 32. What? The, the age where Dan will die. What? I, I, I didn't say it, but I heard it, it, a lot of people have prophecies, Dan, and they think they're going to die. You're like Cassandra, I don't believe you. Uh, well, we saw how well that turned out. Yeah. Uh, Dan, what do you reckon you're going to die of when you're 32 years old? I want it to be something really cool. What do you think is really cool, though? Because I think that's like... Your version of cool might be slightly different. Because, you know... You... Saving the world from alien invasion. That is quite cool, in all fairness. But I don't think... In all fairness, I think if the world's going to die, I don't think alien's going to do it. We'll probably do it. Uh, all I'm saying, well, that may be the case, but what I'm saying is if it is going to be aliens, it'll be me that stops them. <laughs> Uh, I think it's important distinction that uh, are you stopping him? Are you like doing it like a suicide kind of thing? You kind of like stop him and take him out like a heroic last stand? Maybe, or, maybe. Or yeah. it kind of sounds like like the aliens come down. You're know, like, hey, I don't like you, and they just zap you and kill you straight away. Like, uh, but then they disappear, yeah. and then no one knows that it's me that stopped them. Like a hit and run killer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the most, the the fastest invasion ever. Just kind of, that's it. Weird starts the podcast, but how are you, Dan? I'm good. How are you, Matt? I am pretty good. Bit of an interesting one in uh, the last couple of weeks, Dan. Okay, please explain. Well, I don't... Dan, how would you describe me um, as a whole to people? As a what, sorry? As, as a, a collective whole. Um, Not would... like a whole, but... Uh... I'd just, yeah, would I describe you as an a-hole? <laughs> would you describe me as an a-hole, Dan? Yeah. I'd describe you as a gentle, kind-loving individual... He'll make you laugh some of the time. <laughs> it's nice because you can't say a nice thing without just a cutting mark at the end. You, know I mean? <laughs> you get me my most vulnerable, Dan. Um, would you say I was inspirational? Motivational? Oh, 100%. Really? 100% inspirational. I mean, look what you're doing with your life. <laughs> Sat in a Wimbledon bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> Sweating. Well, no, I'm thinking about like where your life is back home in Yorkshire. I'm not sure if you're being serious. <laughs> I mean, I am living in a caravan, but, you know... No, you're pursuing your dreams, Matt. Well, uh, I actually went back to my old school to do a speech uh, to the students at the school, legally, and uh, I, I did, like, an inspirational speech for them. Very good. And How did it go? I had to do... F- Firstly, who else couldn't make it for you to have to go? <laughs> well, it's... I know why you say that, however, that alumni at Richmond School isn't that fantastic anyway, so I, I am, I'm a big shot, <laughs> just, 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 by, just by leaving the house, really. Are you the, the only person in their alumni page? <laughs> it's, uh, they don't even have a page for it, it's just yeah. there. Uh, basically, you, you're void as a person as soon as you leave. Um, no, uh, that's maybe very facetious. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, one of my colleagues, uh, well, not colleagues, one of my... Um, people in my drama class actually uh, who has their own theatre company now she actually did it like a year ago and I think they preferred that uh, they they wanted her back more than they wanted me but they were really happy to have me and I heard I did a better speech 
Uh, but what you have to do is basically do um, a speech for every year group, so from 7, 8, 9, 10, and I also did year 12 as well. Year 11s were doing something else. Uh, <laughs> Typical year 11, GCSEs probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so uh, I I had to give like inspirational speeches, and uh, and most of them were quite funny and very touching. Very nice speeches. And guess how much uh, money I, I got paid for that? Zero pounds. Correct. Uh, but I was treated to an executive lunch then. Oh, very nice. And uh, that executive lunch was in the canteen with the headmaster. Very nice. Oh, that's a pretty executive. When you were a student, did you ever eat with the head, uh, head teacher? No, because I was a good boy. And that uh, at the time, the, uh, the headmaster then didn't really know me. But um, the headmaster now is actually my old German teacher. Uh, oh, wow. And she's, um, yeah, she was really... Lo- it, was actually, uh, it was actually quite an emotional day because I just spent the whole day re- re- chatting to my old teachers and they actually accepted me as an adult. If you know, yeah, that's, that's a like, weird moment, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because you keep like, calling them sir and miss. A bit, but like, I don't really... Some of them, I don't know their, their actual... Ma- I know their teacher names, so I don't know their yeah. human names. <laughs> their first names. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Teachers always have first names, Matt. <laughs> I got them They're in. outside real-world names. Yeah, but, uh, yeah it's kind of weird because um, I think they were happy to see me grow as a person and they were happy for me uh, to be a comedian. And it's all, it was nice that they... And with my speech as well, it's about me trying to... Uh, basically giving life lessons to uh, what I wish I gave myself when I was a kid as well. Like uh, Basically, that failure is okay and just be yourself. And, uh, yeah, it was really... I think they really found it quite touching. Uh, a lot of people said it was an excellent speech and they nailed it. And, uh, yeah, it was nice. Uh, but on top of that, um, I say I was treated to an executive lunch. However, with Richmond, North Yorkshire, they don't have the best vegan range for this executive lunch, so I sat in the canteen and I just had... Uh, and the only thing I could have uh, was just a sad jack of potato, no filling, just just a jack of potato. Oh. I got I got paid in a sad jack of potato. Not there. even beans or anything. No beans. Wow, wow. No, no, I thought it was VIP. But you can't even have cheese on the bloody thing. No. Good God. <laughs> what are you doing to yourself? Um, and being happy. <laughs> uh, well, saving animals, Dan. It's like you saving uh, saving the world from aliens, but I'm doing okay, it. Like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was really nice and. Uh, uh, but that did remind me of a time where uh, I was on holiday, right? Uh, my first ever holiday as a grown-up, you know what I mean? I went with my friend Andy, who I mentioned on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. And it's uh, like my first year of being vegetarian as well, so I was a little bit new to it. And I, was, and I, was, I get very nervous about these things, you're very neurotic. So I had to make sure the place we were going around the roti uh, was all-inclusive but catered for vegetarian stuff. Yeah. And they did, and said they did lots of vegetarian planters. And I was like, oh, quality, that's really good. However, when I got there the first night in the buffet, um, they had like lots of different things. Most of them were meat. However, they had the vegetarian special. Now, now what do you reckon this vegetarian special might be? A salad. Was it just a salad? Do you know what it was? The main course for vegetarians that evening was just peas. That, that was extra peas. Not as like a side dish, not as a part of the main course, but the main course itself was just peas. You know, how it was sad a bowl is of that? Peas. How sad is What's a star? An ice cube or something like that? That was so sad. It was like, oh my god. In fairness though, were they really nice peas? They were delicious. They were delicious peas. <laughs> but I, I think like uh, a lot of people kind of, um, kind of, get a bit mixed up with vegetarianism, particularly with my family as well. Like, uh, when I first came out as vegetarian to my beef farming family, uh, uh, they they were a bit confused because we have, usually have Sunday dinner. Like, they used to have, a, a, like, a leg of, like, beef and just, a joint of beef and just carve it. And I was like, oh, no, nothing for me, please. I'm a, I'm a vegetarian. And I'm like, you what? You're a vegetarian? And my mum goes, don't worry, at least he's not gay. Uh, 
just it's mixed messages. And also not great. Yeah, not not great, is it? Uh, but then my granddad at the time, he was really bad at hard of hearing. So he's like, what? He's gay as well. Uh, and yeah, hard, hard to defuse him after that. But uh, basically, um, my my nan was like, don't don't worry, Matt. I'll get you a vegetarian dish. But. Oh, it didn't really know what vegetarian was. It was it's like, being sweet, yeah. Yeah, and so my, my nan was like, oh, um, we'll get you some other stuff, you know, a vegetarian option. How about chicken nuggets? And I was like, not quite, gra- uh, nana. Uh, I was like, oh, how about pepperoni pizza? Like, Still not grasping <laughs> it. Uh, fish and chips? No, nana. And she was like, fine. Uh, and basically, I just said, veg- <laughs> we're getting less and yeah, less. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but at, then afterwards, we always have like a cup of tea or coffee. And um, my nana has these beautiful ornate cups. I mean, actually, can I say, being a vegetarian during a roast, you can have everything but the meat. Well, sometimes gravy as well, and sometimes uh, my nana uses uh, beef drippings in the roast potatoes. Oh, uh, okay. You would love it. I was going to so, say, uh, doing it probably. Uh, yeah. However, on top of that, um, we always had, um, my nana had these ornate, beautiful floral cups, so it has like a picture of a daisy, and it says daisy across the top of it. Afterwards, my nana was a bit like annoyed at me, quite passive aggressive. She made everyone cup of tea. He's like, "Oh, there's yours, Mark. There's yours, Granddad." And he goes, "There's yours, Matt." And on, <laughs> and I think this is perfect because on the cup of tea, it just says "Pansy." pansy I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> which I yeah, it's I think yeah, that's my family overall. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, should we crack on with the mess today? Dan? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we we're continuing with the Trojan War. <laughs> I don't need your Trojan wall. No, it's Axel Rose doing that's, it. That's yeah. nice. That's yeah. nice. Anyway, jingle time. Hey there, my name's Matt Huss, and in this link, I have an American accent, and I advocate the safe use of missed podcasts. In small doses. Jingle out. Dan, what are we talking about today? Yo? It is a mythical character, one that everyone has heard of before. And uh, it's one that we've actually mentioned in the episode 3030? 30, 30? Episode 3030? 30, 30? <laughs> wow. 3030. 30 Judgment of Paris, was it, did he not come into it? He did. Uh, well, actually, we, we kind of tagged it on a bit at the end, because that's not technically part of the story. But, but now we're doing it properly, because it's important yeah. and in terms of the Trojan War. And who is this character of mythical fame? Achilles! Achilles. Yeah. We, 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 skilled, we prepared that all night. We prepared that all night. Uh, so this is going to be a three-parter, and uh, we're going to tell the story of Achilles. And but within that, he does uh, a lot. Bless him. He does do a lot. And within this, we actually talk a lot about the main story and uh, the main narrative of the Iliad, yeah. the Homer's poem. And if you don't know what um, the Iliad is, uh, the Iliad is the story of um, the, the Greek heroes in Troy fighting against the Trojans. Basically, it's Achilles' story and. Uh, what happens in the ninth uh, year of the war, uh, but it doesn't actually tell you what happened at the very end. Uh, Homer wrote two epic, epic poems, uh, the Iliad, which happened, uh, we're going to talk about now, and the Odyssey, uh, the story which happened after the Trojan War with Odysseus, and we'll, we'll talk more about that afterwards. Yeah. Is that clear? That is clear. So, here is part one of Achilles. Achilles was the greatest hero of the Trojan War, a celebrated warrior whose name and glory has endured throughout the eons. His battle skills were unmatched, and all who challenged him met a swift and vainglorious death. Is that a word, Matt? 
Uh, it is, and it's a beautiful one. Vainglorious. Vainglorious. That's a good name for a metal band. Vainglorious. Vainglorious. Um, I'm not 100% sure what it means. Should we have a look on the internet? We have. Here's something I prepared earlier. I mean, to be honest, so basically, what happened there, uh, just off the podcast, we didn't think it was a word. We Googled it. It is a word. So this is a blue Peter moment for us. Uh, Adjective. <laughs> excessively proud of oneself or one's achievements. Overly vain. Please use in a sentence. The vainglorious boast of a personal infability. What the fuck Infability. is We're going to be in the rabbit hole of yeah. Googling here all day. Um, but essentially, this kind it's of It's a good stuff... thing to be killed by Achilles, because you're going to kill you quickly, and you're going to know that you died by the, by the hands of someone you could never beat. Well, what it means is that Achilles is kind of overly boastful. He's, it, Achilles has a massive ego, for a good reason, but he, he believes he's God's gift, which he kind of is. Uh, so he's a bit of a cocky bumhole sometimes. And Achilles is actually a really interesting character, and we're going to discuss these types as well. His mother was the Nereid Thetis, one of the 50 daughters of Nereus and Doris, sea gods in the retinue of the great Poseidon, lord of the seas. Collectively, the 50 beautiful girls were known as Nereids, and we've kind of talked about Thetis before. Uh, she was getting married, it was her wedding Paris. where um, Paris had to judge the beauty contest, which yeah. ultimately led yeah. to him well, stealing Helen. Yeah, that's pretty much it, but yeah. So, uh, uh, I'm going to talk more about that backstory in, in depth. These lovely creatures lived peacefully with their parents deep in the oceans, and they were known and beloved for many instances in which they had assisted both mortals and gods. Thetis in particular had a number of interventions herself, in which she proved exceedingly useful. For example, when the god Hesphytus was cast by Zeus, or Hera, as most say, from Mount Olympus, and fell into the sea, Hesphytus was saved by Thetis. Zeus had just presented Hesphytus to his wife, and, revolted by a sickly-looking baby, the queen of the Olympians had disgustingly tossed him from heaven. Thetis rushed to his rescue and nursed the baby Hesphytus back to health. But industrious Hesphytus has ever since walked uh, with a limp, the fall from Olympus having made him lame. So what's happened here is that um, uh, Thetis is seen as to be uh, kind of like in the background of most myths, but she kind of helps. She's always a positive force, yeah. as we can see henceforth. When Dionysus, celebrated god of wine, was persecuted by King Lycurgus of the Edonians and appeared certain to be captured, he found refuge in the sea with Thetis. When Jason and the Argonauts, returning home with the Golden Fleece, the Golden Fleece, in their possession, they came across to Sirens, and when they encountered the dreadful monsters of the Cryptus and Scylla and the Wandering Rocks, it was none other than Thetis, one of her sister Nereids, that put them out of danger by steering the ship through those threats. So, as we see here, she's helping uh, gods and men alike, heroes on their journey. However, she doesn't really do it for the credit, she does it because she wants to help yeah. people. Because the whole time Jason thinks it was all him. Yeah, because that's a, that's a thing we didn't mention before, because we only found out the detail now, uh, that Jason thought it was all him, and he's just kind of like, yeah, look at this guy doing everything, but it's actually... Jason did F all, didn't yeah, he, exactly. in the arc, during his Argonaut expedition? He he very much coasted through his... Yeah. yeah. He's like a drama student, if you know what I mean. Yeah. That has even helped Zeus, the king of the, Olympi- king of the Olympians. One time, a palace revolt took place at Olympus, and the deities, Hera, Poseidon, and Athena, plotted against Zeus, conspiring to chain him, and even taking away his awesome thunderbolts. Thetis averted the uprising by urgently summoning to Mount Olympus Hectonahari, the 100-handed giant named Brarius. 
who, squatting down by Zeus and displaying his force, frightened the other gods away and undid Zeus's binds, freeing him. So she actually stopped the whole revolt as well. Yeah. That is pretty impressive. Go her. Anyway. This is Achilles' mum. Yes, it's Achilles' mum. Zeus and his brother Poseidon, the two most powerful deities, both were in love with Thetis and tried to win her hand in marriage. But the respected titaness, Themis, made a prophecy that the son of Thetis would grow up to become mightier than his father. Now, this is the prophecy that we alluded to back in the Judgment of Paris, because it did allude to the fact that the wedding happened because there was a prophecy. Uh, as we mentioned, Tan, we'll just quickly recap it. Uh, Zeus, uh, uh, Zeus is afraid of being overthrown, especially in that particular instance beforehand. And uh, he doesn't want, like Cronus, his father before him, he doesn't want to be overthrown. So the prophecy of uh, Thetis' son will be mightier than the father. He doesn't want that to happen. So he wants to marry Thetis off with someone else. Yeah. It's all the two Olympian gods had to hear. The word of Themis was highly valued, and neither Zeus nor Poseidon wanted to marry a woman whose son would grow up to supplant them. So, in no time they changed their minds about her. Instead, Thetis married a man named Peleus. Others say that Hera had raised Thetis as a child, and out of respect for her benefactress, benefactress, Thetis herself refused the offer of marriage by Zeus. To punish her for spurning him, the dejected Olympian god decided that she would not marry a god, but instead would have to settle for a mortal man. Wait, so uh, did Zeus make her marry a mortal man? Yeah. He's already married to Hera, so he gets annoyed that he's not marrying... It's weird. It just it seems, but he's not marrying her because he can't. Because no, but like like it, Thetis refused the offer of marriage by Zeus in this alternative story. Oh, I see. You yeah. know what I mean. Zeus did not stop pursuing Thetis until he learned the prophecy from Themis, and Hera, in recognition for what Thetis had done, or rather not done, chose Peleus as Thetis's husband. For according to her, it was the best man on earth at the time. Imagine that's a cool title. Yeah, best imagine, man on earth. Imagine being told you are currently the best human being on earth. You know for a fact if he if he tried that line at a bar, hey ladies, I'm the best man on earth. No one would ever believe no. him. Imagine finding out that congratulations, you've won the award for best human being on earth. Imagine having that ranking system in the gods as well. The Mount Olympus have a leaderboard like, oh look at that. Wor- I bet they've got the te- top hundred worst, right? Top hundred best. <laughs> who's in? The, who's in the top five best of both? Uh, so who's in the top five uh, best currently alive and best? Uh, who's in the top five best humans ever to, uh, and top worst five humans ever? Worst five, King Midas, little oh. bitch. <laughs> Minos, I think. Minos. Yeah. King yeah. Mi- uh, what would he oh, yeah, say? Minus, sorry, Midas is the gold. Yeah, he had a- I cannot believe that I am in the lowest <laughs> board. That's not how he'd say. Oh, he has yeah. a high pitch voice. Yeah. Are you telling me that I'm not allowed? I I'm the worst person in absolute bollocks. That right next to him, Theseus. Theseus, arrogant The guy that's in the jar that makes Hercules do all his stuff. King Aarbit. Yeah, Jar Jar King. Jar Jar King. Um. Bellafon? He's a bit of a douche. Yeah. He kills so many people. Yeah. So many people. He commits genocide on a mass scale. Yeah. And just waltzes off with two girlfriends like it's nothing. Yeah. Best people? Um, hmm, who's a lad? Um, who, oh, Brian Eagle. Brian Eagle. Absolute lad. Respect. Respect. Um, oh, Prometheus would technically be on the gods' worst list, by the way. Uh, Those guys. Yeah. Uh, what's his face that made them eat his kid? Oh yeah, the um, Pelops' dad. Pelops' dad. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, there must be worse people than him. 
He he was like, oh, but he did. He stole Zeus's dog and killed Artemis. Like he wasn't in a good place. Yeah, we're we're yeah, getting sidetracked. Yeah. We're getting but sidetracked. If you if you have any idea who the best and worst people are, either in the Greek canon or in real life, we'd love to hear your suggestions. If you think Mother Teresa is in the worst, let us know. All I'm saying is, if this woman, Thetis, married Peleus, and he was given the title of best human, best man on earth, I mean that that's a win, right? Yeah, that's marry that good. guy. I would. Still, Thetis was not happy to wed a mere mortal, oh god, and complained that it was an insult to her status. So, when Peleus tried to claim his bride, she refused him and changed her form, first into a bird, then a tree, and finally into a tigress, scaring Peleus into letting go of her. Oh, even the best man on earth, she still thinks she's better than. Fair wow. enough, though. She's pretty awesome. Yeah, she she has done a lot of... She's got a good CV. Yeah. But Proteus, the, a son of Poseidon, instructed Peleus not to release Thetis no matter what form she took. When Thetis turned into fire and water, and yet Peleus still held on. In admiration of his perseverance, she finally grudgingly relented and agreed to be his wife. See, that's not nice, is it? Basically, it's just like... It, again, it's like it makes Stockholm me uncomfortable syndrome. how many of these um, myths they marry just because. Because it's easier. It's like fine, I'll marry you. It's like they take a plea bargain deal for their yeah. love life. You know what I mean? Cupid and Psyche, there's only two that really married for love. Well, Pygmalion, but that's weird. That's weird because he made it. Oedipus. Oedipus married for love. Mm. Just turned out as his mum. Love is love, Dan. Yeah, it's true. Think he knows how to fit it. Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, yes, again, but this is what I mean. But like, it has this reinforced view of always saying that women, uh, women must kind of obey the will of men, if you know what I mean. Yes. Damn, we we are incredibly woke this episode. <sighs> so woke, pretty lit. Yeah. Or, Fist bump. Oh, when I did the school speech, uh, this kid went up to me afterwards, like, "Oh, I really enjoyed that. You were well lit." And I was like, "I think that's a compliment, but I'm not definitely, sure if you're." It's definitely a compliment. Good, because I wasn't sure if she's like. If that if that's either a compliment or just commenting that the the lighting was sufficient, if you know what I mean, yeah. <laughs> like that's yeah. well lit. You're yeah. well lit, yeah. <laughs> God, look at the gels on this bad boy here. Yeah. Wow, that's that's a DC forty nine. <laughs> so just to clarify, quickly, Matt. So Achilles, his mum is some kind of like awesome superhuman nymph, nymph yeah. and his dad is the greatest man on earth. Yeah, I mean that's good pretty. Combo, good that's genes. pretty good genes. Pretty good genes. And. Uh, eventually, they brought life uh, into Achilles. They had a little baby boy, and his mum wanted to make him completely immortal. When he was uh, born, she dipped in into the uh, the river Styx, as we mentioned before, and he became invulnerable, except from the spot where she held and dunked him in, his heel, his right heel, to be precise. Still, others claim that uh, to make Achilles immortal, Thetis would have to would nightly hold him over the fire to get rid of the mortal elements inherited by Peleus, and that in the daytime she would anoint his body with ambrosia, so it gets like custard all over his. Yeah. Um, so she's trying to make him immortal as much as possible. He's already pretty good, but like, um, yeah, she's trying the best. But she kind of hates Peleus for giving him like inferior genes, so to speak. Yeah. She's Thetis is really lovely, but she's actually a Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> Peleus chanced upon his infant son in the fire one night and freaked out on Thetis. In disgust, she tossed down the child and left both him and Peleus rejoining her fellow Nereids. Thetis never stopped caring for her son, but she left, but she always kept an eye out for his welfare. So, what did he do after she left? In time, Peleus took the child to Mount Pelion to be reared by the centaur, 
Chiron, he's come about a few times. Yeah, that's he's one of the only nice ones. Yeah, she thought, uh, yeah, and we mentioned saw his death in Hercules. We've seen him in what else did we see him in as well? Was it? Um, was he not in the Lapis? No, he wasn't in Lapis because he's not. That's rowdy. That's like he was in that, something, wasn't it? Well, yeah, maybe. I want to say Atlanta or something stupid like that. Uh, I can't remember, but it was, he's coming. No, about. Jason. Was it was it Jason. Jason. It was yeah. Jason. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so he's a, a famous centaur for being uh, basically a really small uh, centaur. Yeah. So Achilles' dad, Peleus, took him to Mount Pelion to be reared by the centaur Chiron, who was a man from the waist up and horse from the waist down. Chiron was a famous mentor, tutor, and teacher of many heroes, and it wasn't unusual for kings and royalty to send their sons to the gifted centaur for martial arts and life skills training. Life skills training! Life skills training, here we go. Yeah, basically he's like crazy good warrior. He's like Jackie Chan in Karate not Karate Kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, he's like a Jackie Chan. The yeah. Bruce Lee he teaches you how to fight, how but, to philosophy, but, art. But yeah, so it's like warfare, but also culture as well. So he's not just a. Uh, he's not just a. It's like Gandalf. Okay. Or yeah. like a Dumbledore. That's, That's funny, what I'm thinking. Funny you should say that because there's actually a really famous picture of both Chiron and Achilles. May I show you it and just see what you think of it, of what okay. Achilles looks like? This might not go in the podcast, but I just want to show you quickly. Edit note, this will not go in the podcast. Uh, it might do if it's fucking good. This, yeah. might, this will probably not go in the podcast. I always think of Achilles looking like Brad Pitt. Yeah, that's it. What do you, th- what do you think? Uh, that's Chiron on the left, and on the right, it's uh, it's Achilles. What does he look like? Or who does he look like? Me? Oh, no. Like, I don't know who he fucking looks like. Looks a bit like Frodo, right? He does look a bit like Frodo. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't worth... That's not how I pictured Achilles looking like. No, neither did I. But he does look like a bit like Frodo, right? Yeah. On Mount Pelion, Achilles was fed meat from lions and wild boars and the marrow of bears to give him courage. <laughs> a diet of honeycomb and fawn's marrow made him a swift runner. Chiron taught Achilles the arts of riding, hunting, archery, pipe playing, healing and more. I don't think he's vegan. No. <laughs> the music, I love the idea that he would do a day's hunting, riding and how to be a warrior mm. and then just a bit of pipe playing. <laughs> Essential yeah, skills. Yeah, Like, Put kill, kill. Yeah. <laughs> The muse, Calliope, 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 taught him to sing. Achilles exemplified the best qualities of a warrior, coupled with the soul of a poet, and he was a stunningly handsome boy to boot. (laughs) (laughs) Achilles had it going on. Wow. Um... I just want to say something quite earnest there, but like... It, the, He'd be head boy of his school. Yeah, he started getting hit on by the, the source material. This yeah. is crazy. What? Why do all the girls always fancy Achilles? Um, because he's an incredible singer. Uh, he's an incredible warrior. He's the best looking human being we've ever seen. Oh, and he's immortal. Yeah. I oh, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Wow. We, we never stood a chance. Yeah, <laughs> never stood a chance. Uh, but Calliope, um, fun fact, I would love to I would love to call a child Calliope. It's a very beautiful name, I think. I think it sounds like a, an appetiser. <laughs> sounds like Calliope. I'll get the Calliopes, please. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for ringing. <laughs> he killed his first boar when he was only, oh, only six years old. To be fair, that's only one year younger than your, you when you killed your first boar. Yeah, how did you know? Your dad talked, told me that you... But, but you did it with his bare hands. I wonder if... I bet he, doubt he did. Yeah, Achilles is a pussy. Yeah. He killed his first boar when he was only six years old and every day brought wild animals back to Chiron. Athena and Artemis gazed in wonder at his, this beautiful golden-haired child, impressed with his swiftness and skill. Achilles could overtake and kill stags without the help of hounds. 
Please, he can outrun deer. <laughs> Who is this guy? Bear in mind, Hercules couldn't do that because he chased a deer for about a year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when Achilles was nine years old, the prophet Calchas. Calchas declared that much as the Greeks may try their object of desire, mighty Troy would never be conquered without the help of Achilles. Thetis was devastated, for she knew that her son would either die young as a hero at Troy or live a long and peaceful yet inglorious life at home. Her son was no coward, that's for sure. What a devout mother to do. That happens in the film, actually. Yeah. You know, and he's like, hey, mum, do you think I should fight in Troy? She's like, well, if you go to Troy, you'll never to be die eventually, but you'll go down in the history books as being the greatest warrior ever, or do you stay at home and get old and do nothing, but you like fighting, so... Well, cheers, mum, bye! <laughs> she's already gone the horse. See you soon, bye. <laughs> See ya. Uh, well, this is interesting. It's uh, do you die a hero or do you live to be boring? Yeah, uh, anyway, we've kind of discussed this story before, but we'll just do it quite quickly. But uh, I think it's important to tell this side of the story because this actually gives a motive of why he's hiding. It's not out of cowardice, it's because his mum wants him to and mum wants him to survive, which is actually a really tender and kind of yeah. like, like grasp onto his life. Yeah. I love the idea. Can I just think of a funny moment where he would be like, Mum, do you think I should go and fight in Troy? She's like, Well, you'll probably die. Die? I thought you said I was immortal. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. you are, yeah. <laughs> maybe wear, maybe wear, you know, mm, heels. Yeah. <laughs> Mummy, are you, you've, I've brought, are you sure I'm not immortal? Yeah. Honey, you are. Don't if you worry. wear steel too, yeah, boots, just wear boots. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Eddie is has that uh, famous bit where um, Achilles, if you put Achilles in like a, if, his foot in a block of concrete and basically he's tra- limping around <laughs> <laughs> the battlefield. Because right foot, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, um, Thetis knew if he followed Troy, he was going to die. She disguised him as a girl, sending him to Lycomedes, the king of Skyros. He lived there under the name of well, three different personas. Uh, Kessiera, Aissa, or Pyrrha. Achilles wanted nothing to do with dressing like a girl, but he realised that it was the only way to get close to King Lycomedes' beautiful daughter, whom he became infatuated with. Ah, so we did allude to in The Judgment of Paris that, that Achilles did dress as a girl, but I thought it was because he didn't want to fight, but it turns out it's for lots of reasons. Yeah, but I also kind of like it that that's actually a bold move, though, because he, well, assuming that everyone's uh, in the heteronormative uh, ideals here, uh, woke, <laughs> uh, <laughs> So he he's gone in to be like he's pretending to be a girl. You go, oh, I really fancy you because I'm a man. He's like it's he's playing a very dangerous like, yeah. Barney Stinson esque game. Yeah. So he starts this affair with the king's daughter uh, Diademia, and with her they produce a son called Pyrrhus, who was later be called Nepotomus. And Pyrrhus, I call him Pyrrhus. What you to say? Pyrrhus is going to be really important later on. I guess it could be a Pyrrhic victory. Uh, also, I didn't want to be a dick, but how the hell you saw that as Nepotomus, I don't know. Right. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty close. It's Neotomius. Neo- you don't say the tip P. Neotomus. Are you sure you don't say the P? I'm pretty sure. Neotomus. Okay. You don't say the L either? Oh, you just be a dick now. <laughs> Thus, disguised as a young woman, Achilles lived quietly at Skyros until the leaders of the Greek expedition... Um, Found him. Uh, the, uh, there was Odysseus, Nestor, and Ajax, and they wanted to trick him because they knew who's dressing up. And basically, what happened is uh, they put out a stall. Um, basically, there was weapons and beads, and he, he, all the women were like, "Oh, look at the beads! Oh, my 
misogyny. And he's like looking at weapons like, oh yeah, testosterone. Well, didn't they? It says they also like, um, they also faked like the sound of a horn that they were getting invaded. Yeah. And Achilles automatically jumped for the weapons. And yeah. they're like, aha, you loser, we're not being invaded, but you knew, you thought we were and you still went for the weapons. They spent a lot of time trying to get someone on board. You know they did. I mean? uh, however, the person to um, uh, expose Achilles... Um, it was through trickery was Odysseus and he's the person that fought on this plan and so Odysseus uh, kind of uh, uh, helped set this trap and it's one of the first notions of Odysseus being a cunning and wily man again this is important for later on thus Achilles was exposed and the truth be told he wasn't all unhappy to be discovered he was nice lounging around the palace and spending precious time with Diademia but the young warrior had been bought bred for battle Achilles promptly agreed to join the Greek expedition and lead his army of Myrmidons towards Troy. So that's like his little group, is it? That's his army. He's the commander of that army. The ploy of Odysseus had worked and the Greek army was now complete. Before he left, Achilles married his sweetheart, the by then pregnant Diodemia. Commanding a fleet of 50 or 60 ships, he set sail to join his fellow Greeks at Aulus. He was 15 years old at the time. Wow. He d- I suppose the Trojan War is going to go on for like 10 years, so he's going to be 25 by the time he finishes. Maths. Good at maths. When he arrived at Aulius, the yeah. winds were not favourable for the fleet to sail, and much time was wasted, making the gathered armies restless. The seer, Calchas, then lied, using Achilles' name. Well, what's the seer? Someone who predicts stuff. Oh, oh yeah, we Google that. Yeah. <laughs> um, he told the Greek leader... Agamemnon, that the gods would only cooperate if he were to sacrifice to them his daughter. Now we're going to talk a bit about this later on, aren't we? In, in Agamemnon. Yeah, we we're going to leave this. This is a this is overlapping to a different myth, so we're going to leave this for the time being. But to cut a long story short, eventually the wind started to blow, and the Greek fleet were able to finally sail to war. Uh, Achilles uh, sailed a lot of ships. The winds died down, but they managed to get it back up, and Achilles was exhilarated. For him, it was Troy or bust. Alright, that's part one. Alright, time to rank it. We're in part three of the myths. Do you mean the third section? Third part three of this episode. Yeah, but don't say part three because it sounds like you're like a, a, we just skipped to the very end of the. Like, oh, is, does it? I mean, no, like, no, we, I, I was going to do we're in I, part three. I was just busting your chain, oh, Dan. Okay. Don't don't worry, bro. Okay. We woke. Don't That's say bro because it it sets like a. Uh, no, anyway. Uh, so, um, so, that, so Achilles, he's on his way to Troy. Yeah, so that's his upbringing and uh, his mum's past as well. I think that was actually really interesting. And was, uh, the backstory there was really fascinating. And I didn't really know that much as well. Uh, and some of it we had covered before, but... I always assumed he was just a ki- normal kid who was dipped in the river Styx, turned immortal. I didn't realise his actual parentage were good and he had all these, you know what I mean? He... Especially, Thetis was a, la- yeah. a, a, a legend, as yeah. I say. I came out as lead. Um... I also loved the use of um, Aegean speedboats. Fant- oh, yeah, yeah, that's massive. Fantastic stuff. This, this is a myth I really enjoyed. And the way we do this, um, as you know, we rank it out of 40 in four different categories. However, uh, 
because this is a three-parter, we rank the individual parts. The stuff we've just come across in this episode, we're going to rank that as a whole. Yeah. We don't rank the entire Achilles myth as a whole. So, we are going to rank part one of Achilles. So, Dan, life skills, what do we learn? We learned that... Oh, we learned quite a bit, actually, didn't we? Because Chiron taught us a lot of shit. We well, how- firstly, we learned how to steer... Help a dis- how to catch Zeus when he fell from Mount Olympus. Yeah, we learned how, how to stop a revolt. Learn how to stop revolts. We learn how to steer Odysseus's um, sorry, what's this? Jason's ship, the Argonauts. Yes. Um, we learn how to swim like as a nymph. Yeah, we learn how to swim as a nymph. We learn um, as Achilles. We learn how to hunt. Mm-hmm. We learn how to play the pipe. We learn how to sing. Yes. We learn how to ride horses. We learn how to look good in a disguise. We learn how to look good in a disguise. We learn how to trick people who are in a disguise. We also learned how to get people pregnant. We learned how to get pregnant people. <clears throat> Can't get pregnant on the bum. <laughs> Practice safe sex, everyone. Uh, we learned how to... God, I feel like we learned more. I feel like we learned other stuff. No, I think there is other stuff. We learned how to sail a ship. Uh, we learned how to hunt deer. We learned how to... Uh, Run really fast. Be- yes. Uh, we-, we learned... Uh, how to evade war and yeah. conscription. We learn how to make people run really fast. You feed them honeycomb and various fawns, Mara. Yeah. Uh, we learn uh, how to um, ditch your son by leaving him on the mountaintop. Yeah, you learn. Again, always a mountain. We learn how to make babies immortal, ultimately. Yes, yeah. Uh, you dip them in water and then you leave them on a fire overnight. Easy yeah, peasy. Put custard on the heel as well. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah any, any new parents out there, just start dunking your baby. That's, that's <laughs> all I was saying. <laughs> Just dunk your baby and put him on the fire. Uh, everything. We learn martial arts. We learn everything there yeah. is to war. I think this is a good one. This is a good one. I think, I'm thinking I have a seven or eight. Personally. I think an eight. I mean, think how many things we just listed. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they're like proper life skills. Yeah. In fact, why isn't it a nine? I mean, think how much we just learned in that. You want to push for a nine? I mean, he's learned... We just listed like 20 things he's he's, he's learned how to do. Well, let's look in comparison. Because part one of Hercules, you got 10 out of 10. I and think that we can give Kirk Achilles ten out of ten. We've got to give Achilles ten out of ten because he, he learned a crate, or maybe nine. I think Achilles learned a little bit a more nine, stuff. I think nine. I think because like there's maybe less prep as in like building a ship or something like that. Yes, exactly. So I think a nine's fair. Agreed. Morals. Uh, so we learn uh, uh, look after your own. Uh, don't uh, if you want to avoid a prophecy, um, get marry someone else. Yeah. Um, dunking your baby is always a good thing dunking your baby is always a good thing uh, leaving your baby with a centaur is always a good thing leaving your baby with a centaur is always a good thing morals I'm not sure there's a bit of a moral conundrum in terms of does he want to fight a Troy yeah in terms of like uh, his mum is actually very caring of him and yeah. like, um, a lo- like we learned that uh, love of um, a mother son thing it's not always worse like a, uh, Oedipus uh, uh, but I think yeah not loads but I think there's Touching moments as well. There's yes. nice relationships here, uh, but not enough for. I'm sure that other morals will come in parts two yeah. and three when, well, he, when he gets when he starts killing stuff. We also learned that it's not okay to like Stockholm syndrome or wife if you know what I mean. Yeah, that's true. But she she's never happy with him. No, you know? she's not happy with Peleus. We learned what it means to be the best man on earth. Yeah. I think that's probably about it for this one. Probably, uh, probably a three. Uh, don't don't try and. Trick people or be in disguise. Yeah, or... that's true. Don't try and be in disguise. I think like a three or four. Let's say maybe three or four. Let's give it a three because it's not great. Let's be honest. It really wasn't. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not. Creativity. How creative is it? How much stuff's going on? I, I think, think a bit. The fact that it links to lots of different myths in the beginning. Is in itself creative. Has, that is, um, actually has a massive role in this and, yep. uh, in his upbringing. We also meet people like Chiron who teaches him. Uh, the fact that Achilles isn't just a brute, he's also cultured as well. Yep. Um, 
and the fact that uh, he's also just he doesn't want to go to war straight away, so he's not. Yeah, I think the the how people got him to get to war is very interesting as well. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's creative. Well, just all the stuff he did with Chiron. Yes, catching yeah, yeah. the boar, the things they ate. It's like a montage. All the stuff he did. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a yeah, like a little Achilles montage. Um, just loads of stuff, didn't he? What else did he do? Well, the whole that's really creative. The way they did the um, the skies, the way Odysseus yes, and yeah, Ajax, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, stopped him in the horn as well. In the horn, yeah. I'm thinking about either a six or a seven, maybe a seven. Give him a seven. Boom, locked in. All right, the final one, the WTF actor. What's messed up? Forcing her to be married. Forcing her to be married. Leaving your son on a, on a, on a fire. Leaving your son on a fire. Dunking him in the first place. Dunking him in the first place. Leaving uh, him with a scent of pretty weird. Um, d- r- uh, pouring ambrosia all over him. Um, I don't think it's weird. It's not messed up. No. I think we're going to see messed up. Uh, but I think this is quite a low one, actually. I guess it's kind of weird that he is able to flirt with that girl. Yeah. Damien. I was being a girl. Yes. You know, maybe she's into that. Maybe she's know? into that. It's okay. It's, it's 21st century, though. Yeah, there's nothing crazy WTF. It's more just creative and life skills. I don't think there's really anything that stands out. Uh, yeah. It's quite mundane stuff. Yeah, and other he, than leaving her with him on the fire and making him midweek. The only shit. The only out the ordinary thing is that there's gods involved, but it's not still not really anything. I think maybe like a two or a three here. Yeah, I think like a three. Three, I think three's fair. Yeah. Wow. So actually, this was quite a strong myth, but it really fell short in um, in morals and WTF factor. It did. So, so it we've did. got nine, three, seven, and three. And that's a total of oh, 23? I, I'm making that up. Isn't that 22? 22. Oh, I'm so bad at that, mate. Well, Dan, uh, what a delightful episode. Um, that was interesting. I still quite enjoyed that. Yeah, it's good, and uh, you know we, uh, we we learned a lot, and I think we're going to learn a lot more about uh, Achilles as well. We are. Uh, so Dan, um, so uh, thank you for listening to episode thirty-two, uh, and do tune in for the next two weeks for part two and then part three of Achilles. We really look forward to hearing what you think about that. So why don't you let us know what you think of it? Uh, have we got the correct scores? Have we? Do you disagree in any kind of way? Um, not with our like personal opinions, but like with like uh, with our, our scorings or anything like that. Or have you got a myth you want to share with us? Or any Trojan stories that you want us to take care of? So why don't you email us in at mythpodcast at gmail dot com and chat to us? We are more than willing to have a, a lovely chat with you. Uh, we just want to have that bit of correspondence as well. You can find the um, the link to that in our episode description as well. Every single month we have a episode description where you can see our social media, and also our email address as well. Did you know that, Dan? I did know that, yeah. Good, good. And um, how many stars should they give us on iTunes? Five. What happens if you give a four? I assume something terrible happens to you. Well, do you, you turn into a tree. You turn but, into a tree. So that was a messed up thing we didn't talk about. She turned into a tree in different life forms. That was true. Well, Still a three. three, three yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Once it's locked in, yeah. it's locked in. I mean... That we can literally change it it's on an Excel spreadsheet <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah so um, th- thank you if you've already given us a review we really appreciate it and uh, why don't you tell your friends about it if you enjoy it tell a friend if you really enjoy it tell ten friends if you love it uh, carve it into um, a skull I don't know <laughs> <laughs> carve it into a tree in your local park that's that's do that. dark yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, just write Miss Podcast in the tree. Yeah, graffiti is what we're saying. Yeah, if you can do acts of... Um, like, if Banksy's listening, we'd really appreciate yeah, some Banksy. kind of... <laughs> Imagine Banksy just doing a Miss... It just, he writes the theme tune to Miss <laughs> on a wall. It's like, oh, really political, yeah. <sighs> Banksy, if you listen to this, why don't you email us in? Like, yeah, Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> Imagine if... Like, you know, don't uh, use your real email address, obviously. Yeah, uh, actually, I know someone who's worked with Banksy. That's pretty cool. And two degrees away from Banksy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why don't you email us in? And if you want to see me live, come and see my live shows, particularly um, my Viva Las Vegas showcase all around the UK, featuring in Hull, York, Leeds, and elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> like, so not in the Midlands, and one in Edinburgh as well. So thank you for uh, for listening and loving and and corresponding. I hope you've enjoyed this as much as we have. Dan, how, uh, how else do you want to finish this podcast? Um, I just want to say a big shout out to people that listen to this particular episode because without it we wouldn't have been able to do this episode I mean we, we definitely that's not true whatsoever <laughs> yeah. but we, we would do this if there was only one listener that was your one bye myths myths is failure to communicate some men you just can't reach so you get what happened last week which is the way he wants it well it's it I don't like it more than Look at young men fighting Look at your women crying Look at your young men dying The way they've always done before Look at the hate we're breeding Look at the fear we're feeding Look at the lives we're leading The way we've always done before My hands are tied The billions shift from side to side And the walls go on with brainwashed pride For the love of God and And washed away by a genocide And history has the lives of your Trojan war <laughs> 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 Fucking nailed it, mate